Hello, hello, and welcome back to a new episode of the Starting Exide Podcast. Nico Kramer joined with my wonderful co-hosts, Spencer Shapiro and Mattia. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Mattia, what about you? Doing good, buff. Okay. <laughs> I'm ready to get well... the episode started. Let's go. Yikes. Wow, well, there's a lot to cover. <laughs> we haven't been the last two weeks. Uh, a lot of stuff going on uh, uh, normal lives, but we're back. And we're going to get going. Of course, there's a lot to cover, as I said. In Champions League, we're going to start off with, because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of big games. Some upsets. Of course, we 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 covered Madrid and Shakhtar in, in those games in the last episode. But since then, um, I, guess we'll, I guess we'll go group to group in order to make it kind of kind yeah. of uh, organized. Group A, Bayern, Atleti, Locomotive, and Salzburg. Um, Bayern beat down on Atletico Madrid. Which, I guess, comes as a surprise to me. Although, I mean, Atletico Madrid haven't been that good, and Bayern, of course, are amazing. And then we saw Atletico beat Salzburg. Uh, I guess I'll start off with you, Matia. I mean, I, I think it's two clear favorites to go through. But Atletico, um, all, all Atletico is still kind of in the run with Locomotive Moscow. But are you are you ready to call it, Matia, or not yet? I'm ready to call it. I mean, I wasn't convinced by their most recent game where they tied 1-1, even though it was away for Atleti. I still don't – I wasn't very convinced by Atletico. But, I mean, uh, Joao Felix has been playing really well, as you guys can see. And uh, that money they spent on him maybe isn't paying off completely yet, but he's showing signs of being a really good player. And I think with – I think if they continue like this, they'll go through. I think they'll win the, the locomotive game at home and they'll manage to get a result against Salzburg. Bayern definitely going through, of course, after the 6-2 win. That's not a surprise to anybody, but, yeah, that's that's my opinion. All right, what, what about you, Spencer? I'm ready. To, I'm actually not ready to call it. I think <laughs> I think Atletico Madrid have been prone to dips in form uh, this season. Mm-hmm. And so far, Lokomotiv Moscow have looked, you have to say, up for the challenge in the Champions League, but they tied. Atletico, they came very close to getting a result against Bayern, but conceded late on and handled their business against Salzburg. I still think Atletico and Bayern are the favorites, but I wouldn't shock to see. I wouldn't be shocked if Locomotive just nabbed that second spot over Atletico. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I it's it's I I'm I wouldn't call it yet, but I do think Atletico are going to have the quality to go through, even with those disappointing results, as Matias said. But we'll move on to Group B, which has been – it's probably still one of the most or the most open group. Um, yeah. No one is really a clear mm-hmm. favorite right now. A few upsets have been happening. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we saw Madrid lose to Shakhtar, as we talked about in the last one. And then they went to Mochon Gladbach and tied 2-2, two late uh, goals to equalize. Pretty disappointing once again. Um, and then we saw – Mochum Gladbach beat down Shakhtar 6 0, mm-hmm. and Madrid beat Inter 3 2, which was a great game, by the way. Great game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. I mean, Spencer, what, what are your thoughts on this group? It seems like anyone can still go through. Yeah, I mean, you have to feel for Mochum Gladbach. They're two 90th minute equalizers away from being nine points at nine points yeah. and clear of the group. But at this point, you have to say it's completely wide open. I think any of these teams could either win it or just go through. And I really think mm-hmm. it could go down to anybody, but I have to say I still think it's going to be Munchen Gladbach and Real Madrid. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, Spencer. I'm, I have to say I'm super disappointed in Inter, even though they're my rivals. I was rooting for them against Real Madrid. Uh, and they they put up a decent fight, but I'm still super disappointed in them. And I thought they would be performing better in this group. I believe they only have two points, two ties and one loss. And so I'm super disappointed. I think Mönchengladbach had an insane game against Shakhtar. Um, and yeah, I those two teams, I just see them being above the rest. And of course, it's still open, but I think Mönchengladbach and Madrid are going to pull through. Yeah, I'm going to agree with both of you. I, I do think much Gladbach and Madrid will be the ones to go through. And Inter, I think they haven't been that great, but they've also been kind of unlucky. You know, I, 
Yeah. Tia, I guess you specifically, we were talking during the Real Madrid game. And yeah. towards the end, I mean, they had they had chances on the counter. Oh, yeah, definitely. Plenty of chances. And if they could have slotted one, I think that would And I think, I think Lukaku yeah. not being there is also right. a big hit for them. Because he's, although people may say he's not a big game player, I think that presence in the box, and he would have been able to physically challenge Ramos because Lataro is a small guy. He's a small guy. And compared to Ramos, of course, so physically, Inter just weren't there against uh, Madrid's defense that night. For sure. And again, I mean, that, that group is going to be close. And the way mm-hmm. Madrid are playing, um, it, you know, I don't I can't say they're clear favorites to go through, although I'm going to take them to go through. But it's it's going to be close. And Inter Milan, I still don't think are out of it. You know, again, I just said they've been kind of unlucky, but mm-hmm. they need to step it up in order to get through the group. When we got into Group C, where we saw Man City's leading the group uh, comfortably, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, a few points ahead of Porto. And the Piaco is at three and Marseille was zero. I mean, I'd say Marseille are pretty much out. <laughs> Losses, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, Matia, what are your thoughts on the group? I mean, I thought Marseille was going to perform a little bit better in the Champions League, but I've been yeah. disappointed by, um, yet again by a French team. I feel like all the French teams are just performing pretty badly in the Champions League, as, as yeah. at least this round. Porto, I mean, you have to be fair to them. <laughs> they they've been looking really good, and I don't know what that kid's name is that they got. Uh, from like the second division of Spain or something. I don't know what his yeah, name is. Yeah, it's like yeah. 21. I don't remember his name, but apparently he's been really good for them. And that explains the 3-0 result against Marseille, which on paper doesn't look easy at all. And Man City, of course, not surprised. Um, and I think Man City and Porto are favored. Well, they are favored to go through at this point. Yeah, yeah I yeah. completely agree. I think this group went it's going pretty much as most people expected man city once again are breezing their way through an easy group and porto's getting the job done but marseille have just had a disappointing season all around after a good campaign last yeah. year and that's continuing into the into the champions league for sure as Matia says yeah the, the the french teams have been a little disappointing starting off the season but um Move down to Group D. We see Liverpool, nine points, comfortable. I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think we all thought they are going to go through, but I guess we've kind of solidified it. Uh, Ajax, nothing not to tie, and Midtjylland, uh, zero points. So that's, that yeah. sucks. Uh, Spencer, what are, your, what are your thoughts <laughs> on Group D? Uh, I think Liverpool are doing exactly what they needed to do. I was surprised by how easily they were able to beat Atalanta. That was definitely mm-hmm. a game where I – Thought they could slip up, but they ended up producing maybe their best perform, or probably their best performance of the season against them. Mm-hmm. They were a little bit fortunate against Ajax to come away with a win, but I think they should be home through at the top of the group. But mm-hmm. I'm very interested to see who gets that second spot between Ajax and Atalanta, where that 5-0 hammering could come back to bite Atalanta on goal differential if it comes down mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was supporting the Italian teams. I was really disappointed by Inter and uh, Atalanta in this round, especially Atalanta, because... I thought that they could uh, somehow get a result against Liverpool, and I thought their style of play uh, would fare nicely against a team like Liverpool, but obviously not. And I think the most important thing for Liverpool here is their defense. The fact that they haven't let in a goal yet in the Champions League says something about them. And so, obviously, they're favored to win with nine points, eight goals, zero goals against. But, yeah, the second leg of Ajax Atalanta is going to be nice. They tied 2-2 in the first leg, and it's going to be heated. Yeah, I think, as Spencer said, I, w- I was surprised by um, Liverpool's performance against Atalanta. And especially because, you know, we know Atalanta plays very open. Um, defense, defending comes as kind of a second thought to them. And they like to score a bunch of goals. And we know Liverpool's defense has been struggling a lot recently. So to shut out Atalanta um, yeah. away is, to me, a, a confidence booster um and of course when Atlanta don't score you know you're not going to win because <laughs> again they don't defend so I can respect definitely the Liverpool came out and defended and didn't let Atlanta score I think and I just said that's great 
confidence booster, and that's something they can take into the next few matches. Um, yeah. And, yeah, you know, I, I actually think Atlanta are going to be close. I, I still think Atlanta can grab it out, but. Yeah. I mean, quickly, Yeah. I think uh, after Jota's uh, hat-trick against Atlanta, a lot of people have been asking the question, uh, should he be starting above in front of Firmino? Of course, they don't play, like, the same roles. But, Spencer, what do you what do you think about that? I think there's an easy answer to it, and it's he should be starting every single game. Mm. If, as if a striker? A player, as, as a striker, as a cam, but he has to be on the pitch. He's, without a doubt, been Liverpool's best player this season, just coming in, having a Salah at Salah-esque entrance to Liverpool mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any way you can justify keeping him on the bench especially when Firmino has played so poorly over the past mm-hmm. really year and a half ever since the Champions League final mm-hmm. victory yeah I would say you know they played all four of them against City and that was you know I was pretty fun to watch to be honest with you I mean that was they came out flying on the attack and I think that might open them up a little bit more than they need to. But it's pretty fun to watch, to be honest with you. And, yeah, Jota has had a great – if it's between him and Firmino, of course he has to start. Firmino needs to produce in order to win his starting spot back. But we'll move on to Group E, which, you know, there was two heavy favorites. And that's what, that's what it's looking like. Chelsea, seven points. Sevilla, seven points. Uh, Kras and Darren Renz, both at one. Um, Sevilla and Renz had an amazing game uh, last, last game out. Ended up 3-2, Sevilla with the comeback win. Sevilla and Krasnodar. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Sevilla sorry, sorry. Oh, well, Sevilla. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Krasnodar. Yeah, that's my bad. Uh, Sevilla yeah. and Krasnodar, and what, what a comeback that was. It was a pretty crazy game. And I yeah, think... With a man down. With a man down, right. Mm-hmm. And then Spencer, I'm not asking you. I think, you know, I'm. it's, it's more about who's going to win the group instead of who's going to go through at this point. Yeah, without a doubt. Another disappointing performance from a French team in the Champions League, you have to Mm. say, runs with just the one point so far. But Chelsea have really surprised me, to be honest. I thought they might have some difficulty in the Champions League getting out of the group stage, but I think they've handled it well. I still think Sevilla are going to top the group, but... Mm. I think both team. I think Chelsea are would still be happy with a second place finish, even if they end up there. Yeah. So I think mathematically, Sevilla and Chelsea just need to tie one of their following games. I'm pretty no. I don't know. No, but I think <laughs> no, no. Math is not my team. But yeah, I'm disappointed in Ren. Of course, I mean they sit bottom of the group on goal differential which I didn't expect from them. And yeah, it's going to be a fight for the um, for the first place. I was surprised to see Sevilla uh, losing, but uh, once you saw... I mean, at halftime, I think they were losing and they, they brought it back in the second half and I didn't expect them to lose this game or even tie this game because Krasnodar isn't just a team that's going to get a result against a team like Sevilla. But of course, it was a remarkable comeback. Being a man down before the half, it was it was a nice comeback from Sevilla and Chelsea. Easy three nil win. I don't think it's that imp- that important against a team like Ren, who just has been really really poor in the Champions League. Yeah, I want I want I do want to give a shout out to Ren's goalie, who is a backup, of course, uh, after Mendy left to Chelsea. In fact, and his performance mm-hmm. against Sevilla two matches ago. I mean, it ended up 1-0 Sevilla, but he had three or four incredible saves, like acrobatic. It, mm-hmm. it, it was it was amazing to watch, and he really kept them in it. So I guess that's the bright mm-hmm. – him, him and Kamavinga are the two bright spots going forward for Rams right now. But uh, yeah. we'll move down to Group F. And, you know, this group is still pretty close. Zenit is, is maybe leaning towards coming out, but uh, Dortmund on top, Lazio beneath them in Club Bruges. And, of course, you saw Lazio – Beat Dortmund pretty comfortably, actually, um, recently. Yeah. And, you know, let's see, what, what, what do you see happening with this group? So I watched the Lazio game when I was in Rome. So the ambience was pretty nice right after the game. But uh, they had a problem in their last game uh, against, who was it, against 
Club Bruges because I think seven seven of their players were tested positive yeah. and so they had a lot of players out including important players like Leiva, uh, Immobile, um, uh, Strakosha. So these are starters that are basically irreplaceable. Of course, you have Pepe Reina in goal as a backup, but Immobile, how can you replace him? He played a huge role in the game against the Borussia Dortmund with the assist and a goal. And so he's just irreplaceable and they managed to get a tie, uh, but unlucky for Lazio because if they didn't get those positive results, I think they would have been sitting in the first place in this group. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think Lazio have been a little unlucky with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But I still think both of the favorites have handled their business so far. Dortmund, after the slip-up against Lazio, have rebounded well, won their next two games. Mm -hmm. And Zenit have just played poorly overall and are looking lifeless. Realistically, mm -hmm. in the league. <laughs> in they managed to tie. They managed to tie against against Lazio. Against the depleted That was disappointing. Lazio. Yeah, it was true. a depleted Lazio. Yeah, yeah. Zenit's not looking too good. Uh, maybe they still had Hulk. <laughs> maybe they could be doing something. They need to get that Russian money, man. Yeah. They need to get that Russian investment See, back. They need a new oligarch. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Group F, yeah, Dorman and Lazio probably gonna go through, but Klubuj is still, you know, putting a fight in there. We we'll move down to Group G, which there were two heavy, heavy favorites, and that's what's you know as as expected. Yeah. Um, of course, I don't like to point names, but uh, one of us, Tia, thought Dynamo Kiev could do another upset here in this group. It's still mathematically uh, possible. It's, it's, it's still not mathematically possible. possible. I can confirm that. Listen, I think I think it's more important to talk about the more important things in life and. The more important things in life here were the was the Juventus <laughs> no Juventus Barcelona yeah. game, and I watched this with my father, who was a Juventus fan, and he, I just felt bad for him. Like it was just such a bad performance from Juventus, and straight straight out of the like the first few minutes, you could tell Juventus wasn't gonna wasn't gonna fare well against this Barcelona side. Of course, it's unlucky for Morata, three goals yeah. all ruled off sides. And people are trolling him heavily in, in Italy, but uh, it's just a bad performance, isn't it? They, I didn't think they, I don't think they recorded a single shot on target the whole game, which is just isn't typical of Juventus. And of course, really unfortunate not to get to see Ronaldo face off against Messi because of COVID. True, true. That was that that was sad. I guess hopefully we'll see him in the next and um, them two in the next game. Yeah. Hopefully. And yeah, I'd agree with you, Matthias. This this performance is pretty dead by Juventus, and it's becoming pretty apparent that Ronaldo uh, he needs to be score he needs to be there and scoring in order for Juventus to to be you know truly successful. Even though Morata's had a few bright games, um, he's definitely been the backbone. I mean, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, I think the first goal, the Dembele's goal, was really really it was. unlucky. It took a heavy deflection, and I think. That really hits you hard mentally, especially playing against a team like Barcelona. But, of course, uh, Barcelona had a lot of chances to go back up. And shout-out to Pedri, young 17-year-old, uh, really played an excellent game against uh, Juventus. Yeah, another thing that I just wanted to add is I think we all are hoping that this group goes down to the final day, match day six, so we can see mm -hmm. both Messi and Ronaldo play against each other and share the field for yeah. potentially the final time. So mm -hmm. although it, Barcelona may be looking like they're running away with it, uh, let's hope maybe a Dynamo Kiev can pull out a result against them yeah. and just keep Juventus in contention. So we have to watch the two goats face off against yeah. each other again. Indeed, indeed, and that's going to be, you know, that's just going to be incredible, honestly. It's, it sucks that uh, it couldn't happen the first time. Hopefully, it can, it can happen the second time. And, you know, we'll touch on Juventus later, but they've been, this season, um, without Ronaldo especially, they've been pretty disappointing. And I think at some point, and we're going to we'll touch on this when we get to Serie A, but at some point, Pirlo, in my opinion, needs to become a little bit on the hot seat because... They they just haven't been playing well. Bro, if you look at their what are you? If saying? you look at their matches, um, 
I don't want to dive too deep into this course, but it's it's Weston McKinney's fault. Wow. It's nobody <laughs> Look at their matches. Weston McKinney, people have, my sources in Italy have been talking about him as Juventus's best player this season and oof, potentially oof, all time. Oof. Okay, I think we can move yeah, on to group on. H. Uh, so, yeah. so last week uh PSG managed to lose against uh Leipzig. Leipzig. Uh Leipzig came back from being 1-0 down. Nice Di Maria goal. Moise Keane, shout out to him. Fellow Italian, been on fire lately, but didn't didn't get uh PSG didn't get the result they wanted against Leipzig. And I think that puts them in a really bad position because um they're gonna have to win uh their next game against Manchester United. Again, and the other thing about Man United that I want to talk about is how pathetic they are and the fact that they lose against a team like Istanbul. Basak Sayir is just depressing. And I don't I didn't think Istanbul would get a single point in this group, but of course it's Man United that the team that was gonna give them a point. Three points actually. Yeah. And um, you know, as you say, Man United looked good against PSG. Then they smashed Leipzig, and I'm thinking this, you know, wow, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win the group and everything. Yeah. And to go to Istanbul, uh, back this year or whatever. Um, and, and if you look at the goals that they conceded in that game, they were just, you know, school schoolboy type goals. It was just horrible goals to give up. Um, lack of concentration on both yeah. of them. And they looked dead in that game. They looked dead, and. It sucks because I really think if they won that game, of course, they would be sitting top of the group with nine points, and, and I think they would look great. And now they're really yeah. in a, you know, still top of the group, but they're still staying into a, a close fight, and it's not it's not necessary. I mean, Spencer, where, where do you see this group going? Uh, I honestly think Man United, this group is going to go the way of PSG and Leipzig. I think Man United, if they had beaten uh Basak Sahir, they would have been in a very, very good position to go through, only needing a point to surpass yeah. PSG. But unfortunately they have not been able to they were not mm-hmm. able to get the job done. It's a huge missed opportunity. And I think PSG have definitely struggled with both Neymar and Bave, yeah. Gardi all out for them. But with them coming back after the international break, I think the second half of the group could be very different for them, which could end up in Man United slipping, depending yeah. on results with the Leipzig. Yeah, true, true. Um, I think well, we can... real quick, I do want to no, say you wanted to add something that Demba Ba scored um, for Istanbul back last year. I can't pronounce it, but. Had Spencer, no idea where he Spencer, was. Who's Spencer? Who's Demba Ba? I'm not sure who Demba Ba is. Serious? Oh, okay. Uh, apparent. Oh, no, he used to play not. for Chelsea. Yeah, no, I just couldn't. I, I had no oh. idea. Yes, Nico, I know who he was that. at Istanbul. So I thought it was pretty. When I, when I saw on the score sheet, yeah, Istanbul has some yeah. weird players. I'm, I, I thought. I honestly thought he retired like Same. five years. Same. Ago. When I saw him on the score sheet, I was shocked. One, he had one moment. He had one moment in his career that yeah, we don't need to indeed. talk about, but other than yeah. that. Uh, speaking about Chelsea and Dembaba, we can move over to the Premier League. And although we haven't we haven't done uh, an episode in a long time, I think we should just go over the November games in terms like to save a little bit of time. Unless you guys want to talk about the games before, um, and we can just skim over like the top, in terms of November. No. So, all right, yeah. Leicester City's okay. first place. Uh, they've been looking pretty good. They beat Wolves most recently. Um, Spencer, what are your thoughts on Leicester? I mean, they, maybe title contenders? I don't know. Uh, I definitely think Leicester could, can push for top four once again. I'm not sure about title contenders, though. I think there are three teams that can win the title this year. But I don't think Leicester City is one of them. I don't think they have the quality. And with people getting injured throughout the league, I think they could be. I think it's only a matter of time till they get hit. And as we saw it last season, a couple key injuries can really derail them as a team. Yeah. 
And they, their next game is against Liverpool, which is going to be a huge test. Uh, but I think it's important to note, uh, to give credit to teams like Tottenham, who sit second in the league, and I'm sure they're super happy with their recent form. They have to play Man City, which is a tough game next, but I think they can be happy about their recent form and where they're sitting right now on the table compared to what their performances last year. And Southampton, who sit in a Champions League spot right now, um, Similar to like Sheffield United last year, right? So they were so close at one point to being well. They they were in a Champions League spot at one point in the season. But do you guys think uh, this Southampton run is going to last well, long, or what I do you think actually, about it? I actually have more faith in Southampton than I did in Sheffield United last year. Really? And the main Nico reason, said they were going to qualify uh, for Champions League. And the main reason, although <laughs> although he recently unfortunately got injured which actually thinking about it is going to decimate their season for a little, but I think Danny Ings is yeah. unbelievable. And I think yeah, he deserves to be on a better club. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think he's, I think having that proven goal scorer and you have to say one of the best strikers. He's in so the over, he's so underrated. He's been yeah. like banging goals for so many years. So now. I think as long as he stays healthy and in form, I think Southampton can push, Top seven, I don't think Champions League spots. Mm. But top, going back to Tottenham, yeah, which we yeah, kind of glossed over. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys agree, but I think Tottenham could be title contenders Whoa. this season. I want to put them as one of the two favorites, but both the Liverpool and Man City have struggled this season. Liverpool largely due to injuries, Man City largely due to the bald fraud. But. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think if Tottenham are able to work out some of their issues at the back and get over their spursiness, I think I mean, they could be able to put together a title challenge. And if a couple results go their way, I think they could be able to win the title this season. I mean, Tottenham is facing the so-called bald fraud upcoming this this weekend so we'll see what yeah. no next weekend we'll see what happens they have a very difficult stretch of games coming up that i think will tell us a lot for sure them. that's that's going to yeah. be the key and and you know i told spencer at halftime when they were beating uh west ham 3-0 i thought they could be title contenders as well since then though you know yeah <laughs> they've been winning games in the recent form but i mean they beat last and they barely beat burnley they lost to antwerp uh barely yeah. beat brighton and barely beat west brom so this Right, as much as says, this, these next few games to me are really going to tell me if they're going to be legitimate contenders or this is just kind of lucky wins coming into place right now. Because, as you say, these are hard games. I need to see if Mourinho yeah. is really going to be ready to have his team uh, compete, compete in those games to be title contenders, of course. But yeah. uh, we'll move on to Liverpool, who sit third right now. Um, and they, they, they've looked okay. I mean, beat, beat West Ham, beat Sheffield. But I don't yeah. know, Spencer, anything – you know, anything convincing? Of course, injuries are taking place, it seems like, every day now. <laughs> uh, I mean, I definitely think there is hope in that. I think the main hope for Liverpool are that Man City aren't at their peak form. And there's mm -hmm. not really another team that's proven themselves that they can sustain form for an entire season. Yeah. So, I think that's the main thing going in Liverpool's favor right now, but it seems everything else is going against them. Yeah. Except and, for goal differential. Yeah. But Except for the goals I, we're letting in. Sorry, right, though. I, <laughs> Second worst defense in the league. <laughs> what do you have to say about that? Spencer? Yikes. Uh, it's actually the third worst defense in the league. Both Leeds and West Brown have conceded more. Well. Leeds? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 17. Okay. But I think Liverpool can still win the league. I still think they're the favorites, but I really think it could be any of Liverpool, Tottenham, or Manchester City. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think we can also move over to – I mean, Nico was talking about hot seats before with Pirlo, but I think the real dude who should be on a hot seat right now is Arteta. Yeah. Because well, Arsenal no. is absolute garbage. So and they just got hammered by Aston Villa 3-0. Shout out to Ollie Watkins. He's a baller. I absolutely love the guy. But that's just 
such a bad loss yeah. at home against Aston Villa. Like, the, sitting 11th place and possibly, I mean, they're probably going to fall lower because Manchester United still has a game in hand and could go above them if they win. Well, so that's a big just, need. Yeah, I mean, they have to play West Brom, so I, I'd hope Again, they can get a result against West Brom. It's Man United. You can never be. Here's, <laughs> yeah, here's the I thing guess. about Arsenal, though, is that, I mean, Mikel Arteta is a young young coach, you know, but you can only do so much with what you have. And I've said it time and time again um, in last season as well. Arsenal's team isn't good, okay? you have, There's one elite player on Arsenal, Aubameyang. There's one elite player. And so... Leno's you know, not, not elite. elite. Sorry. He's, Leno's not elite. No. What? Le- what? Leno is... He's, yes, okay. he's bro. the 10th best goalie in the world. He's one of the Leno best keepers the in the Prem. I think Leno is the third best goalkeeper in and the Prem. It's, it's arguable. It's arguable. But, I, you know, I like the signing of Gabriel. I think he's been okay. Um, And, and again, Aubameyang is great. Lacazette. I, I don't like... You know, I think... Lacazette, Lacazette is awful. Yeah, Willian... What, no, one, I don't know what people expected out of, out of old Willian, to be honest with you. Pepe... Has Party been playing? Who? Has, has uh, Party, Party played yeah, a game for them? United, and he actually looked he really good. He started last game. Against United, too. Um, yeah. Really? And, uh, he, you know, yeah. Arsenal... I, in my opinion, you can't sack Arteta when you have this squad. I don't know what people expect him to do with this squad. Top four, it's just... I mean, dude, he's their eleventh place, man. They've lost four you know, I games. Think, I mean, Ars- yeah. like, Arsenal they, are just not that good right. I don't. It's too hype. I think the the expectations do Agreed. not coincide with the level of the squad. So you guys are saying Arteta should remain yes. manager, even if they Without continue a like doubt. this? Without for a little doubt. longer, yes. I think even if they continue one. this form. Uh, but Matia, I think I think you gotta understand. I give him until I give him until uh until Christmas to change it up. Well, he has to, to get some results. Speaking of managers on the hot seat and teams <laughs> performing poorly, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer should not be in a job. Come on, come on. <laughs> I do not. I have never thought he was a good manager. I think when the times are good, uh, he. Here's the thing. Spencer. All right, I don't think he has a tactical thought in his body. I think he is decent at managing the players. I think the media is very in favor of him, largely due to his Man United past, which allows some of the more prominent figures to be more defensive, which rubs off on the fans. But I do not think he is a good manager at all. I think some. I think there is so much talent in the squad, which is the opposite of Arsenal. I think they have many players who could be world-class yeah, under the right definitely. coach. And I just think for a club like Man United, with managers like Pochettino, Allegri, without jobs, yeah, I don't think they should stick with Ole. I think, I think you have to wonder how a club like Everton yeah. can get a world-class manager while a club like Man United cannot. I mean, there's two things you have to really say about United. The one thing being, um, it seems like every time that Ole is on a hot seat, they just become a better team, and that showed against PSG. And I mean, I don't, I don't know how they always get their ways against PSG, but somehow they do. I think it's a curse whenever they go to Parc de France. But the other thing is, I completely agree with you, Spencer. And one of the reasons being is that he just doesn't show respect to Van Van der Beek. Their, their marquee signing this summer who hasn't gotten nearly enough minutes. And I think that it's just disrespectful. Like, he came in as a 40 million signing, I believe, and he hasn't been played, like, basically at all. Yeah. Um, you know, they look good against uh, Everton, uh, at Everton, too. Of course, Cavani came on, got a goal, which is exactly what I think everyone expected the last, you know, just someone who can score a goal in the last 20 minutes, whatever, um, sub on. Um, I think, you know, that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer got it all wrong against Istanbul back year. And you can, only, you can only do so much. And the players in the field are the ones that play at the end of the day. Um, and I, I, I would definitely expect more. That's not an excuse. I, it's not. But I would definitely expect more out of them against a team like that. And I think, you know, the Arsenal one, they look bad. Um, and I think, you know, it's fair to say he's on the hot seat because, you know, he is. Um, but with all, all the, the money and – 
the the PA that you know Edward Ward and United put in to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I just don't see him getting sacked uh, anytime soon. But of course, results have to change. But I just think from a pure financial standpoint, I don't see it happening soon unless, of course, you know they start losing game after game. But they need to pick it up for sure. And mm. sitting 14th place, well, that is what sitting they're 14th doing. 14th place is is not looking too hot right now. But you know, game in hand, I think they can jump right back up. I still think they're going to finish in the top four, but you know, we'll see. Um, we'll shift over to Chelsea, we'll see. who've been looking pretty strong recently. Um, you know, in that new formation, their work has got them two big wins, four actually, four big wins. Mm-hmm. And you know, Matteo, what, what are your thoughts on Chelsea? I mean, they look, they look, they look pretty good right now. Yeah, they look decent. It's all right. Nothing special, you know. I think it's mainly because of N'Golo Kante and Kurt Zuma, the two best players on the team. Uh, of course, Jorginho made a huge impact. Giroud, as always. But I think the thing about Chelsea is that they finally have a solution at that goalkeeper yep. position. Uh, in Eduard Mendy, who has come in basically a no-namer. I don't think many people knew about him. Uh, 20 mil, roughly, and he's just been excellent. Uh, there's some statistic I don't remember it exactly. Uh, I think he got more clean sheets like this month than court than uh Kepa did like since the beginning of 2020. I think the sad thing about uh this last game was Sheffield United because Sheffield United last year looked like what um a Champions League spot contender at some point well, and now they're sitting bottom. Nico. Yeah, according to Nico. I mean they were mathematically they were. Uh, but now they sit at the bottom of the league with one point, which is just sad. But yeah, Chelsea, Chelsea's been been pretty hot. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think Chelsea have had a solid start to the season. I think they've been somewhat inconsistent because there have been performances like the West Brom game and recent, more recently, the Man United game where they've just looked awful. Mm-hmm. But I think as some of the new signings start to develop later on in the season, we can start to see what Chelsea could look like in the future as a fully developed team. Sure. And, and I guess, you know, the last team we'll, we'll cover real quick is Manchester City, who um, is the 10th place right now, tied Liverpool. Um, maybe could have grabbed the win, but, you know, it was pretty even. Barely beat well, Sheffield. Um, I don't. And, you know, they look good in the Champions League, but not as strong in, in, in the uh, Premier League. And, you know, 10th place, they're not going to finish 10th place, and I'm sure they're going to finish in the top four, but, um, you know, Spencer, what are your thoughts on City right now? And they look kind of kind of flat. <laughs> yeah, Man City have definitely not looked very good all season. I think they were very lucky to come away 1-1 against the Liverpool, against a very depleted Liverpool team. Mm. But I just haven't seen any semblance any resemblance of the consistently dominant Man City team of previous years. Audiola. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that basically does cover the, uh, the, the Premier League, of course. Um, we have some big yeah. games next weekend, but Tottenham Man City, I guess, especially in Liverpool, Leicester is going to be big time uh, deciders for, for the table. But we'll shift over uh, to a new league, which is over to Spain. Uh, where we've had La Liga, yeah. which has been been pretty pretty wild, I guess I'd say. Um, you know, you have teams beating whoever right now. It's it's like a free for all kind of seems like. Uh, Barcelona, most mm-hmm. recently, of course, beat down on Betis. Messi finally got an open play goal. It's great to see. Valencia beat uh, Real Madrid in in just a horrible fashion for Madrid fans. Um, hate to see it. And we also see Dad. Junas Musa. Uh, uh, yeah. Real Sociedad uh, won again, and they they sit uh, top of the league. They look really good. Villarreal, Unai Emery look mm-hmm. great. I mean, Spencer, what are your thoughts on you know? I guess the two two big teams, Madrid and Barcelona. They, they look so shaky right now. I mean, I don't think either team's fans would be very happy with how they're playing so far, but I think they're definitely benefiting from the fact that the other one hasn't right. been playing on form because it's easier mm-hmm. to defend a team when they're still in title contention, which both of them are. And I once again, I think the title is going to come down to those two. I don't think Sociedad are going to be able to sustain this for a full season. 
I have hope that maybe Valencia could pick up form and we could see some solid performances down the line from them like we saw against Madrid last weekend. But mm-hmm. overall, I think the league has gone somewhat what a, what a lot of people were expecting. Yeah, I think just a couple important things to notice. I think, well, shout out to Sociedad. You know, David Silva joining over the summer. They have some pretty solid players, uh, Isaac being one of them. And I think you have to notice how Madrid, uh, Atletico Madrid, is sitting third in the table with two games in hand. Um, so if they win both games, they'll be top of the table with a game, well, with three points, uh, three points above Real Sociedad. Another thing to note out is Cadiz, which yes. I didn't even know were a team before this season. Uh, even though they lost 4-0 against Atletico uh, recently away, I think them being in sixth place, even with teams under them having games in hand, is still surprising being a team that came from the second division this year, along with Elche, who have two games in hand uh, themselves and could move up the table if they get results in those games. Yeah, I'm I'm glad you mentioned Kadeev too, because they have been kind of like that team that's just going to upset the, the, the bigger teams um, on some occasions, of course, they beat Madrid. Uh, they beat Athletic Bilbao. Yeah. Uh, we haven't been that hot this year, but they're still a good team. And, yeah, they got, you know, they got pummeled by Atletico Madrid. But, you know, they're, they're, they're a team from the second division, um, you know, led by Alvaro Negredo, of course, a, a pretty big legend in, in, in the game. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah, they're going to be a team that's going to upset uh, Barcelona, Madrid, and they've already done it once. So I'm sure they're going to do it again. Uh, Madrid... Of course, uh, with Valencia, I mean, three penalties. You hate to see that, and an own goal. It's not the way you wanna you wanna go about. You're defending. The, I guess the most memorable thing from that game was Marcelo. I think at some point needs to um, kind of call it quits because he he looked horrible, and it's sad yeah. to see. You know, he's one of the best left backs ever, and just a few years ago he was the best left back in the world. But, but it's 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 coming to an end for Marcelo for sure. And Barcelona looked good against Betis. Um, you know, they're struggling with the defense still. But I agree with Spencer. I think it's going to come down to Madrid and Barcelona still. But to be fair, I did take Barcelona to finish fourth in our uh, early season predictions. And they're at eighth place right now. I'm, I'm, they'll probably finish above fourth. But, you know, even with that win mm-hmm. against Betis, they're not looking the hottest. But, you know, we'll definitely come back to La Liga um, as more games progress. And, you know, um, I guess real quick for La Liga – we never talked about El Clasico, actually, which, you know, Madrid won 3-1. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was mm-hmm. that was a pretty good game. Let's see, what, what, what were your thoughts on that, real quick? Uh, I think, well, of course, Madrid were much more were much more convincing than Barcelona. I don't think anybody expected. Uh, I think, personally, watching the game, I never expected uh, Barcelona to win the game at all. I don't think they were never in a leading position. They... They just, I don't know. They they didn't get, they didn't get into a rhythm. And Messi, I thought, didn't play his best game of all yeah. time. Even though he didn't give any a lot, of, he got that one chance against Courtois. Uh, seemingly looked like an open net. Courtois pulled off an amazing save there. But other than that, I think it was a pretty bad game from Barcelona overall. And I just wanted to point out the outrageous call on the penalty uh, on Langlet. Come on, I think come that was on, completely. Unjust. That's never a penalty in our game. And Ramos scoring, I think his hundredth goal like that is just almost yes. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't respect it at all. And that's why he's not a top five center back of all okay. time. Well well with a lot to unpack there. I mean I think you know can't pull shirt in the box. That's how it works. And I think Ramos sold it, but you can't do that and it costs him glad. And I think if you had to set the tone for future games, future whatever, you can't do that in the box. And if that's gonna that, that's what that's what it takes yet to actually call it. That's what it is, you know. But um, Madrid, was, mm-hmm. you know, Madrid was the better team, and and um, it was a good good performance by them. But we'll move on to Serie A, and mm-hmm. AC Milan and have kind of dipped in form a little bit. Would you like to talk about that? Listen, 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 listen. Okay, so what happened with Roma? Okay, so recently we played Roma, we played Udinese, and we played. Um, uh, Elas Verona. So Roma, 3-3. Roma were lucky they paid the refs. It was a completely 
they just robbed the game. It was so obvious. There was a penalty that was called against Milan that never should have happened. It was a foul on us, actually. Uh, yes, Pedro stomped on my boy Benacer. Yeah. That was a horrible yeah. call. He didn't even look at VAR. I was enraged by that game. We beat Udinese, but against Atlas Verona, we were 2-0 down, and we managed to get two goals back. We scored in the 93rd minute. We scored. Ibra scored two goals in stoppage time, one of them being canceled. He should definitely be taken off penalties because he missed the penalty in the second half. And so we, I think we had 35 shots and we didn't manage to win the game. It was just completely unlucky. So I don't think this is a dip in form. It's just unluck. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> they, they, they were they were flying, of course. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with you, Matia, that we're still flying. That, bro. That, we're that still flying. Game was I mean, to be fair, they're still they're still undefeated in the league. Yeah, we're still first only place, one, so res- only one respect. loss in the Europa Respect, okay. Maybe okay. a little respect. I mean, good, good news to you, the, the ref... Nico, where does Real Madrid well, sit? Where's Real Madrid right, in right, the Liga? Right. Right. The ref against right, we'll the ref about... oh, in that Roma game got suspended, actually, which is good to see. Cause, good. Yeah, he deserves he to be refing fourth division games. Horrible calls. He's awesome. Um, you know, Juventus, you saw them tie Lazio. Lazio got a last play of the game, Felipe Galcedo. Um, equalizer 1-1. Uh, Ronaldo scored. Ronaldo's been on fire. You know, I think the the main Juventus can't defend. I mean, this game was pretty was pretty dead. Um, other than Ronaldo hitting the crossbar yeah. from deep once, they didn't really create that much other yeah. than the goal, of course. And yeah, um, you know, from from a pure perspective of Juventus, you know, looking at from from, from you know as a whole, uh, tied tied mm-hmm. Roma, you know, Napoli. They didn't play them, of course, but they got the win because Napoli didn't go to the stadium. <laughs> tied Cortone, yeah. you know, beat Dynamo Kiev, tied Verona. And so I think, and of course, they tied uh, Lazio. And I think at some point, when you look at it, Pirlo's only won just a few games while being at Juventus. And I think you look yeah. at the physical lineup, and that lineup, by the way, doesn't look that hot, you know. Other than Ronaldo, those, those aren't world-class, they're world-class players, but they're not elite players. So I think... Andre Pirlo, at some point, in my opinion, needs to kind of pick it up, or else, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Spencer, what are you thinking about Juventus's recent form? I don't think it's good at all, but hopefully, when Ronaldo gets back, there will be. Or I guess Mattia won't be helping this, but they will be able to pick up form. Uh, but it's still been a disappointing start to the season for them. Yeah. It's mainly Weston McKinney's fault, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Atalanta faced off uh, Inter in their in their most recent game. Also, um, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but it was. I think Inter was really lucky to come away with a with a tie, and Lukaku was missing again. He was on the bench, but he was missing. Uh, and I think we can say that Conte is on the hot seat as well. A lot of managers on the hot seat, but Conte really needs to pick it up. If not. He's going, to be out of, he's going to be out of there. And before we switch over to another league, I mean, unless you guys want to say something, I think it's quick. Quick shout-out to Sassuolo, who currently sits second in the league. Haven't lost a game yet, un, undefeated. And their striker, Caputo, recently called up to the uh, Italian team for the first time. Has been insane. So, uh, quick, big shout-out to Sassuolo. Sure. You guys have anything else to say? Well, I mean, you know, just to, to touch on Antonio Conte real quick, I think yeah. um, I agree with you, Matia. You know, he came he came out a few days ago and he was saying that the players in the field aren't doing what he's demanding of them to do. And they're, you know, mm-hmm. performing beneath uh, his expectations. And I think this is the same thing we saw in the beginning of last season. Um, of course, he was complaining about his squad. So he went out and got Christian Eriksen and over the summer he got Vidal and some other guys. And uh, Christian Eriksen, I you know, has he? I haven't seen this guy play. At, at, rarely, he's he's awful though. And that was he's really bad. Yeah, well, and that was Conte's big, big player that he wanted. And he got him. He's not playing him now. So I think at some point, Conte, mm-hmm. I agree with you, Matia. Into Milan, don't look like they were in the beginning of the season last year. And it seems as if Conte's starting to blame his players. You know, it's classic Conte, I guess. But it's definitely going to be something to watch mm-hmm. for Inter Milan, who's currently sit seventh place uh, in the league. But Shift over to the Bundesliga, where we saw some big games, of course. Most noticeable, Bayern and Dortmund. Uh, Bayern getting that 3-2 win. You know, I guess, Spencer, then I'll go to you. I mean, it seems as if every time Dortmund's kind of inching to take over Bayern, and then you have a Bayern-Dortmund game, Bayern always win. 
Yeah, I think Dortmund are still really looking for that big result against Bayern Munich, and they just have not gotten it recently. Going back to last year in the league, there was a game late on where if Dortmund had won, it, they, it looked like they could have been able to run Bayern down, but mm-hmm. they just weren't able to. And then once again this weekend, and I feel as long as that happens, it's difficult to win the league without a signature win over your yeah. main title contenders. I think watching that game after the Roy school, I had a little bit of hope because Dorman wasn't playing badly at all, actually, in the first half, and they were actually playing well. Um, they went down 1-0, but the Lewandowski goal got can- uh, taken back, I think. He had two goals uh, canceled because of off- offside, mm-hmm. uh, and yet Bayern still managed to win 3-2. I think it was it wasn't a good game. It wasn't an extremely good game from Dortmund, but it's still hopeful because Bayern's obviously going to slip up this season. I think, and Dortmund just has to keep this run of form going. It's disappointing for them not to get a single point from the game, but it's not discouraging. And I think they can move forward with their heads high uh, because they didn't play a, a bad game and they haven't been in bad form recently. And so I think. I think title contenders they still are, and I, I still I personally want to favor them to win the Bundesliga this year. Yeah, same here. I think I, 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 I Bayern again. As I said, you know, it seems as if these close games with Bayern and Dortmund, and then you know they play each other and Bayern win. And I want to see Dortmund at some point step over that and uh, beat Bayern, maybe really challenge mm-hmm. them once. But um, other than that, there is one game: Wolfsburg and Hoffenheim. We're not going to talk about it, but. I do encourage anyone to see the highlights of that game because it was insane. <laughs> like the goals and the drama at the end. Um, mm. You know, John Brooks had a horrible mistake for Wolfsburg towards the end, and they led to a penalty. It was sick. It was just so much drama in that game, and um, I, I definitely <laughs> encourage anyone to go see the highlights of that. But I do think that does mm-hmm. um, wrap up our, our, our league recap. And um, I mean, mm-hmm. anything else you guys want? You guys want to touch on real quick? No, apart from the fact that international breaks are completely useless. True. That's uh, yeah, but at least we get to see all the U.S. players. No, that's why they're useless. Okay. Wow. We did see Tony Cruz come out today and say that, you know, he wants to have a player union and they don't want to play in these games and stuff like that. I don't know. I didn't read much into it, but yeah. it could be could be something for the future. But I do think mm-hmm. that does wrap up our episode. Um, we'll dive into League One and some more other information in the next one. We don't want to make it too when long. When they become relevant. When they become relevant, yes. <laughs> um, and, yeah, you know, thank, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll definitely catch you guys in the next one. We're going to be weekly again. And see you guys mm-hmm. in the next one.